0: Welcome back, everybody, to another Wednesday night prayer and Bible study. We're going to have a great time tonight in the rich word of God. We've been in a series uh, entitled Grow Up, and tonight is part number four. For those of you that are watching us by way of live, the live stream tonight, make sure you chat in your prayer request. Our prayer partners are standing by right now in order to take your prayer request, and we will be praying with you. Uh, throughout the entirety of this broadcast tonight. So they're ready to chat back with you. All right. If you're watching us by way of the replay, you can just go to our website at kingdomrock.org, kingdomrock.org. There you can click the, um, the contact button and you can leave us your prayer request there. And we'll be so glad to pray with you. Amen. All right. I'm ready to get into the word of God. But before we do that, let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time you've given us. And Lord, I pray for your beloved that is right now listening and watching from all around the world. Lord, I pray that you would touch their bodies, that you would heal them, that you would make them completely whole. Lord, those that are really going through some terrible, desperate times right now, some are in fear for their lives. Lord, we pray for deliverance, that you would deliver them, that you would heal them, that you would make them whole, that you would bring them out of that horrible place that you restore their lives completely. Lord, we ask that you would give them beauty for their ashes. And Lord, I ask that you would also give them wisdom, give them wisdom as to what to do next. Lord, we pray that you would help them to see what you see and may they hear your voice. Father, I pray your blessings as best I know how. I pray your blessings upon your people upon everyone that is listening and watching, even right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Don't forget to get your your communion supplies. We're going to have communion communion together before the broadcast ends tonight. So, I'm very excited. All right. We've been in a series entitled Grow Up. This is part number four. So, if you haven't heard part one, two, or three, make sure you do that. I believe it will be a rich blessing to you. Now, tonight we're going to go back into Ephesians just for a moment, and we're going to continue to talk about growing up. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter, Jesus talks about, or the Bible talks about the gifts that the Lord Jesus has given to the church. And he lists those here, uh, or some of the gifts, what we call the fivefold ministry. He lists those in verse number 11. So, this is Ephesians 4, verse number 11. Now, remember to go ahead and get your pad out, your Bible, your phone, whatever you have, and we're going to read the Scriptures together, okay? So, Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse number 11, talks about the gifts that Jesus gave, some of the gifts that He gave. Verse 11 says, and He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why did He do that? Verse number 12, for the perfecting of the saints. I love that word perfecting. It means to equip. It also means to mature so that you would grow up. And we'll talk about that in a minute. He gave these gifts for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Verse 13, till, which means there is an end that will come an end to the church age. Till, till. We all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, Let the whole body be completely matured in Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So one of the reasons that the Lord said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell should not prevail against it, is for the body of Christ to grow and mature. We are the body of Christ. And I'm grateful that we have given our lives to the Lord. And you know what we need to do now? We need to grow up into him in all things. Let's look at verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children, uh, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby uh, they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is ahead, even Christ. All right, so we talked about that. And we talked about in order for us to grow and develop, we're going to have to understand our inheritance, the inheritance. The things, the inheritance talks about things that Jesus left for you. If we go back and talk about, once again, uh, uh, let's say you have a rich uncle or rich aunt, a rich family member, and they were worth billions of dollars. Well, they have passed on, and the attorneys have called the whole family in and said, all right, we have uh, Mr. Rogers' last will and testament, okay, or Mr. Rutabagas' last will and testament. This is what he left you. So he says, Mary, you uh, you will receive 2.5 million, uh, Barbara. You receive 30 million, right? Uh, let's see here, uh, Ken. You're going to receive the house and the Maserati. You know he. There is a list of things that is marked out for you. An inheritance simply is a promise to receive something that has been left. It's a benefit, uh, something that has been left from the person that has gone on. Now remember that. Inheritance is no good unless there is the death of the testator. Someone has to die in order to release the blessing. Well, Jesus did in fact uh, die. He rose from the dead, right? He was born of a virgin. He lived. He showed us the way. He died a sacrificial death, and then he rose again. And on the third day he rose, he was resurrected. And he's the only one that has come back to enforce his own will, right? When people die, talk about that same example with Mr. Rutabager. He died, but he's not enforcing his will. He's depending on other people to enforce it, his attorneys and and whosoever. But Jesus is the only one that came back to enforce his own will. Now, the Lord left us things in his will, but we can't inherit them until we grow up or until we mature. Some things we will inherit right now, and some things we will inherit later. One of the things that you will inherit being a member of the body of Christ is that you will inherit eternal life. Eternal life belongs to you. Eternal living. You will eternally live. You'll live forever. That's one of the inheritance that Jesus has given unto you. Now, there are some things as well that he gives inheritance that he gives to all the body of Christ right now. And we can receive them and use them, but we have to grow up into them to receive the full value of it. You, know, you can give a, a three-year-old the keys to a Bentley or the keys to a Rolls Royce. You know what they're going to do? They're going to take those keys and run across the furniture or maybe put it in their mouths. They may not fully understand what is theirs, so they have to grow up and mature so that they can drive that vehicle responsibly. By the same token, Jesus has given us a number of things in the Word of God, a number of things that we can inherit, but we have to grow and mature in Him so that we can receive the full benefit of it. Now, there are a few things that I can just tell you off the top of my head that that the Lord has left us for us to receive and to use and to enjoy. One thing that the Lord Jesus left us is His name. His name implies His authority. He left you His name. He also left you his blood, hallelujah, his cleansing blood. And the Bible declares in the book of Revelation that we overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimonies. He left you his spirit. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth and show you things to come. He's a comforter. He's our wisdom. He's, a, he's the guide. Hallelujah. So he left you his name. He left you his blood. He left you his spirit. He left you his word, Glory to God, He left you the Testament itself. His Word, the Word of God is His will, and His will is His Word. Going back to the example of the family uh, that has the will laid out, they may get a copy of it, maybe, but the Lord Jesus makes sure that you have your very own copy. And some of you have it on your phone and your, on your coffee table. You have a copy of the will. Now, this will must be enforced, even though it is yours. You have to take possession of it. If you don't take possession of it, if you don't use it, even though it's yours, it won't benefit you. You have to take possession of it. You have to grow up in maturity so that you may uh, aptly use it, right, to your benefit. So he's given you his name. He gave you his, his blood, his spirit. Hallelujah. He's also given you the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is within you. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost, that's the kingdom of God. The kingdom is within you. The kingdom is around you. He left you his kingdom. Glory to God. The kingdom of God is here. And one of the things that we're going to talk about tonight as we go on through the series, he left you his likeness, his word, his mind, the mind of Christ, his likeness, his image, so that we can grow up into him. Glory. I'm thankful that he did that. I'm thankful that we can grow up into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I'm thankful that he didn't close the door on it and say, okay, now do your best. No, He gave us a goal. We can grow up into him, into Christ. He left that for you and I. These are just a few things that he left us. And in order for us to take full possession of these things, we have to grow up and we have to mature. So growing up is vital, vitally important. We have to grow from an infant growing up all the way up to full adulthood, to full sonship, that we are full children of God. Now, the baby that is born into a family is still part of that family. But the baby that is born even into a billionaire's family is is still a baby, still part of the family. But it will not enjoy the full benefits of the family or the family name or the family wealth until the baby grows and mature. You have to grow and mature. And it is very unfortunate that I've seen over the years many people that name the name of Jesus, but their goal is not to grow and mature. They're still uh, pushed about with every wind of doctrine. The trials and tribulations of life don't make them stronger, but it actually crushes them. And so discourages them. No, it's that pressing that the Lord allows to bring up the oil, the oil of gladness to bring up the anointing within you so that people around you can see Jesus revealed through you. Excuse me. Unfortunately, or should I say fortunately, sometimes they will only see God when you go through trauma, when you go through tragedy, when you go, when the, when the plant closes, what are you doing? They're looking at you. When you run out of money, what are you going to do? What are they, they're looking at you. Sometimes the best way to see light is in the midst of darkness. You can't really see it in broad daylight. I can't really see your flashlight in broad daylight, but I can in the midst of darkness. When uh, the plagues of Egypt one of the plagues of Egypt was the, the Lord turned off all the lights. It was dark in the land of Egypt, but there was light in Goshen. They could clearly, the Egyptians could clearly see, but God was with them. Hallelujah. All right, so <clears throat> we talked about uh, growing up into the fullness of Christ. That is our goal, not to be better than other people, not to be your best self ever, but to be like Christ. And one of the the things that we are doing is endeavoring to show you and to tell you that you have to grow up. You must grow up, endeavor to do that. And as you grow, you're going to receive uh, or be able to take full advantage of your inheritance. Now, let's go back to uh, Revelation chapter 21. Revelation 21. Let me get me some water. Revelation 21. And we're going to talk about verse 7. If you have some water, go ahead and drink it now. It's a good thing. Oh, that's better. All right. So Revelation 21 and let's look at verse number seven. It's going to hop on down to verse number seven. It says, he that overcometh, we've been here last time. So we're just going to hop into it. He that overcometh shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son. So we talked about last time or tried to talk about overcoming. It says, "He that overcomes is going to inherit all things. He, she, they that overcome will inherit all things." Who are these overcomers that will inherit all things? We're looking at that now. To overcome means to conquer. It means to rule. It means to uh, to subdue, to carry off the victory. Who's going to carry off the victory? And if we're overcomers, what are we overcoming? Hmm. That's a good question. Well, we're going to see that because the person that overcomes will inherit not some things, not a few things, but will actually inherit all things. The Bible says all. I love the word all. All includes everything and excludes nothing. You will inherit all things. So let's look at this. So who is an overcomer? Who will inherit? Who will inherit? All right. Well, let's look and first John the fourth chapter, first John four, and we'll begin to see who is actually going to inherit. First John the fourth chapter, and let's look at verses uh, one, two, and one, two, three, four, five, and five and six. How about that? We're going to talk about overcoming tonight, so I think that we'll subtitle this "The Overcomer." the overcomer. And who is the one that overcomes? We're going to look at this, but let's go. And again, first John, the fourth chapter. Now we understand as well. in John, the 16th chapter won't get it again. John 16, verse 33, Jesus said in the world, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have a pressing. You're going to have a, a hardness. You're going to have pressure. But he said, be of a good cheer. I have overcome the world. So Jesus already identified what we're overcoming in John 6, chapter, or rather 16, verse 33, you're overcoming the world. And we're going to further uh, identify what the world is, not just a planet, but the trials, the tribulations, the hard times, the hardness that happens. You're going to overcome it. Jesus said simply, you're going to overcome because I have overcome. And that's really what the scripture says here. Jesus said, be of a good cheer. I have overcome the world because Jesus has overcome and you're following him, you're going to overcome. So let's go to 1 John, the fourth chapter, uh, verse number one through six. It says, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are going out into the world. Now, when the King James talks about spirits, Here in this context, is talking about people, talking about people. Believe not every person who has, who claims to have heard a word from God. Believe them not just because they have a a lot of following and people, a whole lot of people like them. Believe them not. He says, beloved, believe not every spirit or every person, uh, but try them. Try that person. Try that spirit whether they are of God, because many false prophets are going out into the world. Are going out where? Into the world. Now, he says, try them. The word try means to test or to prove or to ascertain the, the worthiness of something or the trustworthiness of something. So he says, test them. They say they are are of God, don't immediately believe it because they have a clergy collar on or because they say, I am of Jesus. The Lord said, try them, test them. Why is this possible? Or why is he saying this? Because your soul is on the line. If you're a born-again believer, surely your spirit man is at a a peace with God, one is with God. But here in this life, you can get wrapped up in a lot of junk, wrapped up in a lot of lies, and receive all kind of uh, tormenting faults and tormenting views by listening to the wrong individuals, listening to them. They say they they are of Christ, but they actually are not. So the Bible says, try them, test them. Now, how are we going to try or test them? See, they know in the Bible verses, no. It tells you how to try or test. Verse number two, hereby know ye the Spirit of God... They say they're speaking by the Spirit. He says, hereby, or this is the way that you're going to know the Spirit of God. Now listen, he says, every spirit that confesses or confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Every person that says, either through their words or through their life or through the fruit of their ministry, every person that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh or is come in the flesh is of God. <clears throat> now, what does that mean? He has come in the flesh. In other words, that Jesus Christ had a physical human body. Now, this is just startling, isn't it? You and I know that Jesus Christ had a physical human body. He's come in the flesh. Now, let's go on. We're going to get back. Verse 3 says, in every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof ye whereof ye have heard that it should come and even now uh, already is in the world. Notice this, there are two thinkings here. this other spirit or this person, or these people, these false prophets, false teachers, Are bringing in another doctrine that says Jesus didn't come in the flesh or that Jesus did not have a physical flesh, a physical human body. But they're saying, no, he's more of a spirit or an influence. Now, in John, the third chapter, the Lord says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. Even back then in the Bible days, as it is now, there was a straying away, an error by some, some false prophets, false teachers to disconnect Christ from the word, to disconnect Jesus from the Bible. They were bringing about a more social Jesus, a social, social Jesus, a a doctrine, a philosophy that had nothing to do with the Word of God. Now, this is powerful. I wrote some things down. I want you to hear this. I'm just going to read it to you. It goes here. This is, this is what I said earlier. It says the, the false prophets have primarily targeted the church, not the world. Is this, who is he talking to here? He's talking to the church, telling the church to be aware of this. Beware of these false teachers, false doctrine. Now, the world, somebody says, hey, I'm a prophet. They say, what? What is that? I'm a teacher. What is that? What is that? You're right, you know? But these false prophets or teachers are primarily, their focus is on those who carry the light of God to twist your understanding, to twist your mind to think like them. My goodness, my time is going, woo, my goodness. Do so you get anything out of this, If you're finding any value in this video, go ahead and hit the like button. Praise the Lord and subscribe if you haven't already done so. My goodness, we're running out of time. All right. So let me finish reading. Uh, These false prophets and teachers were preaching another gospel. They were saying that Jesus didn't really have a physical body. He was more of a spirit or an influence. This would mean Jesus would be anything they wanted him to be or to do. Or to say. In other words, they were going to be Jesus' puppet master. They're going to be his puppet master. If Jesus did not have a physical body, that is, he did not come in the flesh, that is, he wasn't. Uh, He didn't live the perfect life. He wasn't born of a virgin. He didn't live the perfect life. He didn't die upon the cross for your sins. That is, he was not the sacrificial lamb of God. That is, you're still dead in your sins. He didn't rise from the... If he didn't have a body, he surely didn't rise from the dead. How could he rise from the dead with no physical body? How could he be resurrected, right? So there was no such thing as a resurrection. Now, all of that has to do with your righteousness, So those who claim that Jesus did not come with a physical body, did not have a human body, are still saying today, you need to work out your own work. Yeah, God loves you. Now you got to work and earn your way into God's favor and grace. Now it's up to you. See, that's a Jesus that they're trying to do that is void of the word of God void of his sacrifice, his sacrificial life. You got me? Let me read on a little bit as we're whew, about to close shortly. All right, so if they say that Jesus actually, if we say, and we are saying that Jesus actually had uh, a physical body, his body was flesh, that means, meant again he had a human body. He was born of a virgin, He lived, he died, and He was resurrected that type of Jesus that had physical body cannot be controlled because he has actually, he's actually his own person. Uh, What he taught, what he lived and uh, the miracles he performed can be verified. The actual physical Jesus can be tied into the word of God. And we can actually talk to that Jesus that actually had a physical body We can actually talk to him and his presence would come into the room with us. Glory to God. We can actually pray and receive him. But if they say he didn't have a body, he's just a spirit. He's just an influence. You know, you can't talk to him that way. No, 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 no. That's what they're saying, right? That's what they're saying. Uh, If Jesus had an actual physical body, that means that he, in fact, is God. And you can't control God. No whatsoever. No, no. So overcomers are those who actually receive Jesus as Lord and Savior and see him as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Now, look at verse number three one more time. And it says, and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of what? anti-Christ. Now, the word anti means against, but it also means instead of, which means that old devil was trying his best to pull the wool over the people of God's eyes. The same thing he's trying to do today. Remember, anti means against. This is against Christ, but it also means instead of. You have one Jesus. Now, let me give you another one. No, this is what Jesus is saying here. They say, uh, me and Jesus got our own thing going. We don't really read the word too much. We got God understands. He knows my heart. He, he told me to love everybody. I don't really want to. I don't really have anything to do with the Bible. I don't, I don't really know it. You don't really need that. You see, that's a separate one. That's instead of because you cannot separate Jesus from his word. Jesus and his word are one and the same. Glory to God, one and the same. But this antichrist spirit, this instead of spirit, wants to counterfeit the gospel and bring you another. So beware of any teaching. Beware of any ministry, any movement. And now this teaching that is coming to the world is not just coming through over the pulpits. No, no, no. There's this teaching of godliness apart from Jesus, right? Having a form of godliness, Timothy says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. This teaching is going forth into the world that you can be good without Christ. You can be godly without Christ. You can, you know, God will love you, he'll like you, just try to treat everybody, just try to love everybody. Yeah, just try to love everybody. That's a gospel that is void of the body and blood of Jesus. That's a gospel that says, I don't care what you did, I'm going to go about doing things my own way. That's an anti-Christ spirit. Got me? You have to be careful of that because it's not just teaching in the pulpits, it's teaching in movies. Music uh, is teaching, unfortunately, in our school systems. Get Jesus out of the way. Present them another way. Present them another, an anti Christ. Present them another kind of Christ, another gospel. It's everywhere in TV shows, sitcoms, and social media, and, and uh, um, uh, influencers. You know, they're not presenting the gospel. They may say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, but their Christ is bloodless. Their Christ has no flesh, has no root, is not rooted in the Word of God. Their Christ, that instead of Christ for them, is rooted in feeling and is rooted in self. And when they do something they think is good, they get a sense of spiritual pride, So you have to watch out for that. The Bible warns us about that, especially in these last days. That spirit has been around for a long time. Remember, you cannot separate Jesus from his word. The Lord and his word, Jesus and his word are one. My goodness. Our time is about gone tonight. It just flew on by. Let's go to 1 John 5, the very next chapter over, and then we will conclude with this tonight. My goodness, I've been enjoying you tonight. Praise the wonderful name of Jesus. I hope that you've been getting something out of this, that you're really getting into the Word of God. So again, let me just reemphasize that before we go into 1 John 5. If there's any teaching, any dogma, any quote-unquote newfangled thing that you've learned, learned about and heard about. The Lord said, try it by the spirit. Try it. Has Jesus Christ come in the flesh? Do you have a fleshless gospel? You know, a bloodless gospel? Or is the gospel that you're listening to this new thing that you're learning about focusing on you? and not what Jesus did for you. Is it focusing on you being a better person or is it focusing on the things that Jesus did for you and that through him you become that, you know? So watch that, be very conscious of that as the world tries to pull that over your eyes and present you with a bloodless Christ, a fleshless Christ a spirit, a dogma, a thinking, a philosophy. This is going to make you so much better that you can do this. You can have favor with God apart from Jesus because that's exactly what they're saying. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Let's go a little bit further. Oh, we can't go into 1 John 5. We haven't finished reading uh, 1 John 4. Uh, 1 John 4, verse 4 says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. In other words, you see Jesus for who he is and you've overcome that spirit. Verse five, they are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world and the world and the world heareth them. Verse six, ye are of God. He that heareth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby we know we, no, one more time, hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. This is how we know it. Going back to the whole test thing, try it. He said, this is how you're going to know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now, what does error mean? Error does not, of course, it can mean something wrong, like an error message that you get on your computer. Something is wrong here. Something is out of order. But in the context, the word error Means going astray, wandering off, straying from the truth. In other words, here's a path of truth, and it's going straight. A wandering, an error means a deviation from the truth. It's going over somewhere. It's 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 left the path of truth, and now it's gone somewhere else. It wide off. He said, "That's the error. This is how you can know the spirit of truth from the spirit of error." How are you going to know that? How do they see Jesus? Woo, my goodness. How do they see Jesus? How do they see his death, burial, and resurrection? How do they see the Lamb of God, the Son of God? How do they see him? Is, it, is this teaching emphasizing what you can do? Or is it emphasizing what Jesus did and how you can enter into him, how you can grow up into full sonship through Christ Jesus? Watch out for that. 1 John 4 tells about this. Now let's conclude here in 1 John 5, verses 1 through 5. My goodness, it says, 1 John 5, verses 1 through 5 says, the uh, King James, whosoever believeth that Jesus is a son, rather, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat Uh, loveth him also that is begotten of him. Verse 2, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Verse 3, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. Now look at verse number 4 and 5. It goes right along with um, 1 John 4. Verse 4 says, and whatsoever are also interpreted whosoever and whatsoever is born of God are you born of God and whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world you see that and and this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith now this is not having faith in faith this is having faith in God because he has provided the finished work of Jesus so it's having faith in the work of Jesus This is how you're going to overcome the world by having faith in Jesus and what he has done for you. You got that? Remember remember 1 John 4, it wasn't about Jesus. It was about you. It was about another something. It was an antichrist spirit. This is the person that overcomes the world, the one who has faith in Jesus and understands. Listen, you have to understand what he did for you. Understand what his death, burial, and resurrection did for you. Understand that uh, that he became your sacrificial offering. Understand that he who knew no sin became sin, became our sin offering that, that we through his sacrifice could obtain righteousness in the sight of God. Hallelujah. Verse four says again, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is a victory that overcometh the world, even our faith believing and trusting in the finished work of Jesus overcomes the world in so many ways. Verse 5, who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. You're going to overcome the world. Now, what's the big deal about overcoming the world? Going back to Revelation 21, verse 7, I believe, he that overcometh shall inherit all things. Growing up into Christ means overcoming And who are the ones that's going to overcome? The one who receives Jesus as Lord and as Savior. My goodness. My goodness. There is so much more, and we'll get to this on next time. We're going to have to go into part five. We'll go there next week. Get ready for communion. We're going to have communion in just a moment. All right, are you ready? You have your communion supplies together. Remember you can, um, you can pause this recording if you need to and or pause this video. Some of you are watching the live, some of you are watching the recording, uh, the replay. You can pause it, either the live or the replay and get your supplies if you're not ready. All right, but we're going to partake of this body and blood of Jesus that he's given unto us. Isn't that powerful? Because the same night in which he was betrayed, he said he, the Bible says he took bread and said to to the disciples, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after that, he took the cup after supper and said, "This this is my blood, which is shed for many for the remission of sins, for the taking away of sins. You know, so going back to 1 John 4, I mean, we're camping out there for a while. They want to present these false teachers, these false prophets want to present a fleshless Jesus, a bloodless Jesus. And that's a powerless Jesus to save us. That's a sort of social Jesus. But that's not the one that came to save your soul. That's the devil presenting to you another one. And instead of, got it? Well, we believe in Jesus tonight. Glory to God. And it is his body that was broken for you. So, Father, we thank you for the body of Jesus that was broken for us. We thank you, Lord, by the stripes of Jesus that we are healed and that we are delivered. We receive your finished work, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for saving us. We remember your sacrifice. And we declare, Lord, we remember in Jesus' name. Let's eat all of it. Jesus name. Somebody said, well, you need to examine yourself first. Make sure there's no sin in your life before you take communion. That is the craziest thing. Of course, there's sin in your life. That's why the Lord gave us the blood to wash your sins away. You think for one moment, your little confession is going to take your sins away. Your sins are not taken away by your confession. Your sins are taken away because you believe in Jesus and his finished work. So when the Bible talks about that in 1 Corinthians about examine yourself, is to make sure that you are discerning the body and blood of the lamb. Remember there in 1 Corinthians, my goodness, they were, they were coming to get, they were picking out on the food, on the bread, and they were getting drunk on the communion wine. They didn't discern the body of Jesus. They didn't discern him. Uh, they, were, they treated his body and blood as worthless. Lord said, hey, examine yourself, why are you doing this? This is not some ritual for us, for us, and we're not trying to pig out on, on bread and, and, and juice. We believe that this represents Christ Jesus for us, that this is his body and blood given for us, and that through his blood we have remission of sins, we have forgiveness of sins. And in this blood also is the New Testament. And in that New Testament, he will remember our sins no more. So, Father, we do this in remembrance of you. Thank you, Lord, that you've washed our sins away and we have peace with you through the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. And through his blood, we've overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of our testimonies, and not loving our lives unto death. Lord, we say we remember. We thank you, Lord, for breaking every stronghold of the devil and setting us free. In Jesus' name, we drink all of it. Word says as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. We need to continue to show show his death, continue to talk about his death, burial and his resurrection. What he accomplished for us until he comes. There's miracles. Miracles happen when you honor the body and blood of the Lord. Miracles happen. I would say every single time. Well, thank you, my friends, for joining us tonight. We're going to pray. Before we go, we're going to have to pray. Praise God. Let me pray over you and pray over your household. Can I do that? Just a short word of prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, I bring to you your beloved, and I thank you so much that they're joining me for the live and some are joining us for the replay. Lord, for all those that are still with me at this very moment, Lord, I pray for your supernatural blessing and favor over their lives. Lord, if they're hurt, if they're they're sick, Father, I declare by the stripes of Jesus that you have made them whole. Lord, I ask for your favor to cover them like a shield and that the blood of Jesus would overcome any force of the devil around their lives. Lord, I pray your blessings and favor and your divine protection upon their lives and that you would keep them every single day. Father, I pray that they would grow up, your beloved will grow up into Christ in all things. Father, give them wisdom, I pray, wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. In the mighty name of Jesus, touch them, Father, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, my friends, that officially ends uh, tonight's Bible study. I had a great time with you, my goodness. And I pray that you did too. We thank the Lord for leading us by His Spirit. And I'm just believing tonight that some form of deliverance has come to you and that you've really been richly blessed. All right. If you're on the YouTube platform, if you haven't already hit the like button, go ahead and do that. And if you're not subscribed, go ahead and subscribe so that you can uh, be notified. Subscribe but hit the and hit the bell button so that you'll be notified the next time we are live and when other uh, episodes come out on the channel. We have so much, so much to offer here on the Kingdom Rock Network channel. We'll have another upload tomorrow and another upload Friday and Friday. Yes, Friday. And another upload uh, Sunday. So, and then another upload Wednesday. So it's coming, material is coming all the time on the network. And just go to our website at kingdomrock.org, kingdomrock.org. There you can click the contact button and leave us your prayer request there. If you haven't done so in the chat area, and you can give as well while you're on the website, if you so choose. We thank you for your support. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast uh, network as well. Look for Kingdom Rock Radio. You'll find so many other. There's so much more that we can't possibly uh, place here on YouTube. And look for the message or look for the recording called Breathe. It's time to breathe. I really like that. It's time to breathe. Look for that on the podcast. I believe it's going to really bless you. Amen. Amen. Well, until next time, remember Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today, only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time. All right, bye-bye.